Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Sprites of Life podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Chris. And I'm Don. We're so glad to have you guys. Welcome to the new year. I mean, we had a little bit of a break for the holidays and whatnot, but we're back. We're ready to teach more stuff. Did, did y'all have a nice holiday? It was a very, very nice holiday to share all the germs with people because that's what's happening right now is everyone is sick. We all got sick. I got a little bit sick, but it was uh, it was a good holiday overall. Saw some family. Yeah, there's it's just that it's that time of year. Everyone gets indoors. Germs spread around. But I figured, you know, for our first episode, we kind of talk about um, honestly, one of my favorite topics is just talking about like random common everyday animals, but how they're not that just as common as people think. And on that note, what are y'all thoughts on bears? I love bears. Who doesn't? Right. Don, bears love them. I mean, I, I assume. Bear, I'm a bear fan. They're weirdly cute, but also terrifying. Gotta love them. I do so like that one meme that's like, if bears are dangerous, then why is this? And it's just a picture of the top of their heads with like their little round ears. It's the, it, it's, it's cat syndrome. They look super cute and they are apex predators. We should have tried harder to domesticate them. We are going to learn today how it's weirdly easier to train them than you would expect. Um, today, we're not talking about bears just in like one game. We're talking about the influence of bears in several different video games. Because throughout the years, whenever you're in a forested setting, whenever you feel like introducing some like true terror in some wooded area, you pull out the bears. And I figured there are several bears in gaming that each kind of fit a different like vibe that bears give off. Uh, before we get to that, I'll be honest. Normally, I have some sciencey news, but at the start of the year, there's not much. Chris, you said you had something that would be vaguely sciencey. Vaguely sciencey. Which, what m- on m- earth? More like our fake Amon episodes. Uh, college bowl game series in football. We were blessed with the birth of probably the greatest mascot ever created, which was Strawberry the Pop Tart for the Pop Tart Bowl between NC State University and Kansas State University. Strawberry made headlines because they were a sentient pop tart who was going to be eaten by the victor of the game at the end of the series, and it they was seemed their... to yearn for that. In fact, yeah, it was it was their dream. <laughs> the picture on the side it literally said, "Dreams really do come true." Heart emoji. That was shown as Strawberry was lowered into the toaster to then be fed to the to Kansas State uh, after they won is exactly as horrifying as you're imagining <laughs> and and like th- throughout the game like there's there was one i think it was a reporter who walked up to strawberry and said is it offensive if i eat a pop tart in front of them and the handler said no that's their dream and then strawberry grabbed the pop tart and shoved it in his mouth and made grunting noises <laughs> did it like wait it shoved it into the reporter's mouth? Yes, it, it force-fed the oh reporter. Consume of my flesh. <laughs> and and it, Strawberry, Strawberry's just having, like, a grand old, like, they're dancing. Uh, they were smacking the ref's butts. Uh, they, they, they lived. That's how you live a life. Watch Strawberry's one day of existence, and that's how you should live. But I bring this up because I saw a post on it, and I wanted to talk to you all about it with your animal backgrounds. One of the things that I know about... Uh, Predators and preys, especially, uh, I guess, more land-based ones. The phrase, eyes in the front, time to hunt. And I would like to know why Strawberry is a predator, because it has forward-facing eyes. 
what 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 exactly what qualities make a predator and is strawberry actually a predator i can tell you right now it's not a nocturnal hunter like i'm looking at the eyes of this thing small pupils it's meant for not taking in as much light this thing is clearly hunting in the daytime it does not it it goes it is diurnal if i had to guess i could see it maybe it being um given its shape right and its coloration right because it's a strawberry pop tart so it's like it's like the white frosting right so um i i could maybe guess that maybe it's a uh maybe it's like a boreal forest or like a a mountain type um i could see it like maybe using its flat sides to kind of like hide its profile against like uh like sheer cliff walls and things like that with the white with the white and brown coloration probably blends in well in like a uh, like a snowy mountain environment so maybe it's like an ambush predator in like um at high elevations it's eating like bighorn sheep or like maybe ibex or something that's not strawberry filling that is the blood of its enemies yeah see my argument is that it's it's a parasite more than a predator that's my argument what's the what's the parasite argument lucas hear me out i feel like this thing kind of like a female mosquito and that they gorge on blood before they have to reproduce and lay their eggs i feel that this creature goes into strawberry patches it consumes as much of it as it can to swell itself up in order to be more delicious to its human compa- um, companions the humans then consume it but mixed in with the delicious strawberry goo is their eggs that need to pass through the digestive system of some vector species in order to pop wow you really like i thought my like ant like my mountain ambush pop tart would be like and uh, you you came out came out with that <laughs> was it, so what what other i mean look what at- other creature does that lucas uses something as a vector for its eggs lots of things there are Give me some so many different parasites will actively like snails, ants, funguses, all of them, like in some capacity, have been used by parasites or are parasites themselves that demand to be eaten by something in the environment in order to carry themselves to another location or because something inside the system helps to complete their life cycle. So we are just vectors for more Pop Tarts. Yes, its eyes are forward facing, which means it normally would probably hunt. It might be the Alpine. But then, as the sum, uh, the harvest sets in, it goes down the mountain. It consumes the local strawberries, and in anger for its consumption of the strawberries, the villagers eat the pop tart, and thus the cycle will viciously begin again. And it sequesters all the strawberries. Or maybe it's so delicious that they like want to eat it, like even with the parasite. Like that's why it's their dream. It desires to be eaten once it's reached a certain level it, of maturity. It is, stra- strawberries actually that village's god. I mean, I was going to say, how dare you eat your deity? But then I remembered I was Catholic and I kept my mouth shut. I love strawberry. I also love that it is canon that strawberry is, in fact, dead. So next year, next year, who who gets to be thrown into the toaster blueberry next year? Or like it's brown got, sugar. No, it's, it's got to be brown sugar. It's Because, like, you can name it cinnamon. It's got to be brown sugar cinnamon. Best flavor. I mean, unless it's some new flavor. Like, if they try doing the s'more again. They still do this. Dude, they have so many flavors. I do not buy that strawberry is their most popular fa- flavor. It's stacked in every vending machine since I was in high school, so uh, maybe. Oh, no. Frosted strawberry is the number one selling flavor. Oh, would you look at that? I mean, I, I've never met a person who liked it best. It's always, it's, always brown su- it's always brown sugar cinnamon. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Chris. Samesies. I don't know. Whatever. Point is, this thing is a monster, and it's been destroyed and consumed by a bunch of college students and their coaches. So I'm sure it's happy in the great toaster in the sky. As it sequesters as it sequesters its eggs within the athletes. Yes, it will gestate and grow. Those poor, poor students. 
<laughs> so, Don, I'm not... I mean, of the three of us, I'm probably the worst at battling, but I know there was a tournament recently with all the new fancy toys and doodads. Was Arcanine back, or is he finally put down? They might have taken him out behind the shed, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, poor doggy. Um, yeah, so... No, Mama, he's my dog. I'll do it. Breaks out the Urshifu. But, well, actually, but that said, the, um... There was there's there's a new fire several new fire types on the scene with this new expansion and there was a certain fire type that um anyone with any competitive Pokemon knowledge particularly on the VGC side is aware um has kind of been sort of like the main man for the last couple years basically since he's the been last out. like oh, half decade since he got his hidden ability let's be honest once that got access but to that there's a new challenger on the scene this year. Who dares challenge Incineroar? So our, um, if you look at the top, the top. So anyway, over the weekends we had the Charlotte Regional, not Charlotte, Portland Regional, um, the first Series F, which includes the new DLC from the Indigo Disc. Um, our first place team was won by Alex Underhill, also goes by Lexicon, with uh, Ogre Pond Water, Chin Pao, Roar, uh, Raging Bolt, Dragonite, Flutterman, and Entei. So not the new Entei. No, no, not the new Entei. Um, gouging fire while having a very cool name is not as good. So we we saw in the previous formats we saw how powerful Chin Pao Dragonite could be with um you know Enter Focus and Terra Normal Extreme Speed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, just Dragon Go Burst. Yes. So Entei is basically if you took so and like we saw how good Hisuian Arcanine was. Entei is basically if you could make Hisuian Arcanine and Dragonite be one Pokemon. You have Inner Focus like Dragonite, so you're immune to Fake Out and Intimidate. You have Extreme Speed. You can Terra Normal and do that. Um, you're a Fire type, so you naturally resist things like Flutter Main. But you have better bulk, I mean, disregarding Intimidate, than uh, Normal Arcanine, Hisuian Arcanine. And you have access to Sacred Fire, which is, Sacred Fire is an insane move. It's Ho-Oh's, used to be Ho-Oh's signature move, now it's also Intei's. It's a 100 base power fire move that has a 50% chance to burn. So, like, switching in on Entei, especially next to Chin Pao, boosting its attack stat is really, really hard to do. Um, because, like, any physical Pokemon just doesn't want to get burned. And, like, frail Pokemon taken down to their focus sash, you have a 50% chance to get burned and lose and just die. Um, so, like, we were expecting Entei to sort of kick Dragonite off. But, in, in fact, we just saw um, Entei and Dragonite on the winning team. They just became friends. <laughs> yes, and then I'm um, looking through the. We actually have the very, very top eight. I put it in the in the chat if you guys want to take a look at. Yeah, it. I see number three, my boy Reggie Draco coming in. Number three, but only Let's only go, one Incineroar in top four, and two Entei's in top four, and only two Incineroars overall in top eight. Um, so like Entei kind of stepping, showing up, showing up as the uh, premier fire type of Series F so far. Respect for the Latius user. Oh uh, yeah, La Latiot's also a big sleeper pick. I it's I think Latiot's and Entei have both really benefited from Terra. Um, Latiot's have also got a boost in Misty Ball, right? Yeah, Mist Mist Ball got a boost the boost in Mist Ball. Now it's basically a stronger Psychic that drops Special Attack half the time. Um, and being faster than things like Landris Eye is very good. Um, it's very good into Urshifu Tornadus, which is like always a threat. And we saw a lot of Ogre Pond. Ogre Pond's back in a big way, too, overall. Ogre Pond Water really showing up. Also, Hisuian Arcanine still making one top-cut finish. Still still in there. He's trying. He's struggling, the poor thing. But we had a lot of 
a lot of it, we had a, a Screamtail in Top Cut. We had Gallade, um, Torkoal. We had a hard Trick Room team with Gallade, which is very... Also, that team, if you should watch the stream, their Urshifu was uh, uh, Stellar Terra. And they landed a Stellar Terra Terra Blast into a Terrastalized Fluttermane on stream, which was pretty crazy. And it killed it? Yes, uh, Stellar Terra is super effective into anything that's Terrid. And that their Terra Dark Urshifu... Oh. So that was their terror because Terra Fluttermane almost always Terra Fairies in front of Dark Urshifu to survive the Wicked Blow if it's Scarf. Yeah, um, and we yeah, have very cool teams. Anton had a real Airton in third place had a really cool team with a uh, Scream Tail. It was pretty much um, if you look at the team, it's like basically Tailwind and then just a bunch of things that enable Reggie Draco and Golden Go to just do crazy spread damage. Like you have Encore Disable from uh, um, Scream Tail, you have Fake Out from Incineroar and Follow Me from Ogre Pond. So it's really just two. It's really just two damage dealers, and then four things that let them do damage. I want to hang out with Anton. He has my kind of my kind of mentality. No, no, no. The match needs to end in four turns. Everything dies. But well, we had uh, Colin Hire, also known as like the Battle Room or Pico, on here as well with the same team as Alex Underhill in first. So two of the exact same team in top four. That uh, double extreme speed plus Raging Bolt. So like priority is looking very very strong. Um, Raging Bolt. Raging Bolt also just lets you sort of destroy that Tornadus Urshifu matchup by just clicking Thunderclap into either one of them on the first turn. And we had a Ogre Pond Grass getting second place with a Glamora, which I am a fan of because Glamora did get power or um, power meteor beam as a new toy. Oh no! It, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's it's uh we have Nihiligo at home. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad the year started off with some fun Pokemon, and I'm glad to see that. Our giant weird giraffe stegosaur just like brontiosaurus thunder god is just doing work. That thing's a monster. Doing good. He's gonna tide us over for a month. Getting electric sucker punch is mean. He'll tide us over for a month and then we'll get Pokemon Day and we'll get our announcement about whatever's coming next. Yeah, I'm I'm weird. I'm wondering if like for a giraffe or one of these other Pokemon that stop priorities will start like making. I I, I'm I was I was quite honestly. Um, if you looked at the usage stats overall, I believe Ferrigraf was in the top twelve usage for the tournament. Um, that obviously didn't translate to. I feel I feel like the people here in the top cut with the high priority teams though, um, are individuals that are one like have a lot of good finishes and are very skilled and probably had clear game plans into Ferrigraph teams. Because I think Ferrigraph is very good, but it's a Pokemon where some people will just use that as their entire, like, like, uh, Chen Pao Dragonite check and, like, not have this, the tools to have that last long enough. So I think if they, like, the, they have ways to break through that and then just let their priority go crazy. But I think Ferrigraph is, um, I'm a, I, I think Ferrigraph is going to do very well at the next tournament. And that's also just me. Um, saying that because I'm going to probably bring Ferrigraph to Charlotte. Well, could you do that? I mean, if you wanted to beat priority, I feel isn't wouldn't uh, Indeedy be a better check than Ferrigraph? Um, it depends. So Chin Pao has often runs Ice Spinner. Oh, yeah. And then you have also, which like I will say, I was going to bring up Rillaboom, but like looking at and then looking at day, like once you get into day two, like the highest placing Rillaboom got 11th. There's too much ice and fire for Rillaboom. Yeah, Rillaboom doesn't have like Entei's rough for Rillaboom. Chen Pao is very rough for Rillaboom. Dragonite's rough for Rillaboom. I'm looking at the day two teams too. We have our um I feel like Lucas likes big number. There's a very big, big number team at 16th, uh, Lucas. Oh my. That looks mean. Yeah, I've got your si the Psy spam with also Trick Room and Urshifu. 
uh, Chiyu. So a lot, a lot of big numbers going on there for Lucas looking through the, it. Um, the bridge is at 15. I feel like it, I, I'm kind of surprised it didn't go higher. I, I could, I feel like we're going to see a couple top eight finishes from Arco Ludon later on. I think it's very good. It might still be a little underexplored. Um, it's still hey, very Metagross meta. made it to 12. What did Moxie, Metagross made what it. Did Moxie say he lost to? Um, he, Mox, if I remember correct, the it's, um, I just saw it. I think it's number 22. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing now. The Como O Magmar. Oh God! Yeah, so, so Magmar and Electabuzz, way back in the day, they had Follow Me from Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, and once they added the Pentagon rule and like Gen Four, I think it was uh, in the four in uh VGC 2014, it kind of like refreshed the slate. Before that, like there was weird things like Pokemon from like Colosseum or Gale of Darkness that were still VGC legal, so like very niche things. And one of those was Follow Me and Electabuzz and Magmar. So Eviolite, Follow Me, Magmar used to be a thing and looking at the pace for the team yeah so it, it's it's terra grass so like into something like an urshifu you could terra grass and follow me and they're going to hit you three times into flame body and just get burned oh it's rocky helmet pre-marina with Bo- okay this is a, this team is wild yeah I, I would i would recommend check out victory road anyone that wants to see um pretty much they have pretty much the uh the open team sheets so the move sets but no evs for like all of the teams from day two all right, yeah, we can talk about this more later. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to drag this out. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, this is just gross. It, it's gross, but it's okay. So we we got some bears in the top cut, so that's a good enough subway for me. We kind of have to define what a bear is, which just like our deer episode is weird because everyone kind of knows what they are. Like they're one of the few animals on the planet that multiple cultures on multiple continents have had to deal with for over 30 million years. Like they've been around not super long, but still long enough to imprint themselves on most of our cultures. Weirdly enough, their closest common ancestor seems to be the seals and the sea lions. So let that sink in. Ooh, I don't trust sea lions. I mean, I didn't they steal your fish like every time? They try to, and they're just they're they're I, I don't know. They're too smart. I don't I don't trust animals that are smart enough to have like a sense of humor in a way they were like, why don't I mess with this guy? Well, this thing's telling jokes. Not today. They're too big and they're too fast. I went to the sea lion show at Dragon Con and like I watched the seals like doing all and the sea lions doing all this. And like, you know, I know how they do this, but it's still insane beyond all reason that they can. And bears kind of also have that ability to learn. That's really quite impressive. But what makes a bear a bear? There's a couple big things that they have. They're stocky bodies, um, stunted legs, a long powerful snout with one of the best senses of smell in the animal kingdom small rounded ears shaggy hair and paws with um five non-retractable claws you have those features and a couple of other skeletal structures you got yourself a bear there's quite a few bear species on the planet um the main one we'll be focusing on are going to be the brown bears because that tends to be the one that gaming tends to lean towards uh they for brown bears there are, i didn't realize this until i started there are over 15 different kinds of brown bear. Like they're all like the same species, but they're all the different like subspecies that are just all over the place. Grizzly is a type of ground bear. Actually, the scientific name for grizzly bear is Ursus arctos horribilis. Horrible bear. So, yeah, the horrible bear. Horrible bear bear. Yeah, arctos and Ursus both mean bear. So then you just, which one is Ursa arctos arctos again? What was that one? There's one of these brown bears is called technically bear bear bear. I love it. Is it. It's not the Kodiak, is it? The Eurasian brown bear. That's right. Yeah, there it is. 
Up there, up there with bison, bison. Oh, I think isn't the Western Lowland gorilla, 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 gorilla? Yeah, science gets um lazy. Also, you got iguana, iguana, and bison, bison. Um, for sea turtles, Coretta, Coretta for the um uh, loggerhead sea turtle, which is incidentally the name of the the loggerhead sea turtle. I want to say like Mercenaria, the... Mercenaria is like some kind of clam. I could be wrong though. It's been a while since I. Aurelia, Aurelia, moon jellies. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh yeah, fun, fun, fun side fact about Arctos. Um, that's basically what art, like the Arctic and the Antarctic means, is bears and there's no bears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Arctic has bears, Antarctic has no bears. It's in the name, people. Come on, the next time you see like a polar bear drinking a coke with a penguin, it's like up, 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 up. It's in the name. You're not allowed here, bear. Go back. I where just you like came how from. I mean, for a long part of human history, the rel- like bears being in a place was a very legitimate consideration for a place so just being hey there's no bears it's like kind of a important no bears. person who named it absolutely hated bears got there and was like finally no bears and then he and then he saw a leopard seal i was like oh this isn't better oh <laughs> this is so much worse <laughs> oh god it's smiling why is it smiling I mean, aside from the grizzly, um, we'll talk more about the Usuri brown bear, which are found in Japan. They're actually responsible for a ton of attacks on people throughout human history. I think one of the most savage one, like over like a dozen people were killed by one bear. Ooh, that's a lot. Like, oh, is that the 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 um the brown bear incident? Well, there's a name for that even. The San Kibetsu brown bear incident. I maybe got that wrong, but yeah, it, um, a male Ezo brown bear attacked a group of households, killing seven people and injuring another three. Okay, so it wasn't a dozen. Thank God. Seven, seven's pretty good. Seven's pretty good, and this was in 1915. It wasn't like like people had, um, you know, like this this was this was semi modern. I mean, the Ainu for centuries saw them as sacred, but still hunted them anyway. So they even knew it was good for them. Just make rid of them. I mean, grizzly bears alone, like the number of people who are absolutely terrified of these animals. Because if you see them running at you, it really is horrifying. They could run like almost 30 miles an hour. They're just charging right at you that like you're paralyzed with fear. I, I, I've seen the videos. I've seen them run and it's, 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 it's scarier than watching a rhino run. Yeah, so they can hit 35. 35, Jesus Christ. They're one of those things that like you see it and you're like, oh, I'll never like, like if I see that, I can just run away. No, you can't. No, you're done. Yeah, it's because like they're kind of fluffy, but like it's just it's just muscle. Even when they're at their peak, like pre hibernation, just super loaded up on like salmon, they're just. It's like how you see those three hundred pound defensive linemen at the NFL Combine, and like your average Joe's just like, oh, I can beat them. They weigh a hundred more pounds than me. No, they weigh a hundred more pounds than you, and are still like ten times as fast as you. Yeah, shout out to Fat Bear Week, by the way, for appreciating the bears for what they are. Bear seven four seven. I think Fat Bear Week. <laughs> <laughs> seven, four, seven four seven always be my hero bear force one but i mean to get that big and muscly they do have a pretty wide diet and we're not going to talk about pandas because they eat the worst possible food bamboo they are awful bears my friend um will who we've had here before explained it to me once that like the po- the panda bear skull throws off almost all the other bear studies you have on like paleontology like it, it their, their skulls are just so Busted and broken because of all the bamboo eating. For and most of them, though, are omnivores. There are a couple of strict carnivores. There are insectivores thrown into that pile. Um, but one thing that the brown bears use their claws for isn't so much ripping apart 
you know, people, mainly it's going to be used for collecting fruits and digging. It's an amazingly useful tool for breaking down branches and getting at the nutrients that would be a lot harder to get. Um, one thing that I find really cool is that the common theme with bears is that no matter what continent you go to, our ancestors, be them the Slavs in Europe, the Ainus in the Japan, the Algonquins in North America, all of them saw this ball of fur, muscle, and power, and were thinking, I'm going to worship it, or I'm going to put it in my belief system. They're symbols of strength, unity, bravery, motherhood, like, uh, weirdly enough, cuteness. Like, there's so many I mean, different come on, stories. They kind of are. They're super cute. Again, I've seen the running. If they're holding still with the ears up, I could see it. But the second it starts no, moving, I No, they're running because they want it. your friendship, Lucas. No, they want my innards on the outside. <laughs> they want my innies into outies. I don't want to go near them. <laughs> it ties into video games because so many games have used bears in either something to shoot at or as a part of something you can actually play with. So... I made a list of four unique bears from different video games across a bunch of different genres that talk a little bit about them and how they kind of reference different parts of our culture and bears. And <clears throat> I first wanted to address the bear that is the most bear, you know, no crazy powers, no crazy, just, just bear. And I had to go with the grizzly bears you shoot at in Red Dead Redemption. Have you, any of you played Red Dead? Yes, and the bears are terrifying in this game. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, um, I believe the bear you're shooting at in the game is now currently extinct. Oh, like they went back and like got a bear that was like that was current for the time the game is set in, but no longer exists. So you know the bear that's on the flag in California? Yeah, that's the California grizzly bear, and it's gone. It's been extinct since 1922. Yeah, hilarious that it's on their flag. They just keep it up there, like it's not. It's not alive anymore. It's gone. In memoriam. Kind of like putting like the dodo at this point. It's just kind of sad. But it is your um. You know, it's your standard bear enemy. Like if you're fighting a bear in the wilderness, this is basically the bear. As far as cowboy legend, like part of your the the whole point of the game is to be like the best cowboy ever. I'm not going to go into the details of the story because it's too darn good. But part of the side quest you can go on is going on and hunting bears. And they are probably the largest, toughest target you can go after and will kill you in literally two hits. I have to give them credit on that one because I know that you, you say that two hits is generous. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played like the Far Cry games, but they also have bears in them. But those bears take like 20 hits to 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 get you down dude early game bears in skyrim are a problem i remember it's been a while since i played skyrim but i remember that yeah those generic again when you want a tough animal enemy without resorting to like a zombie or like some mystical creature it's like nah put a bear in there they'll be scared plenty i do like though that in this game they kind of ignored the whole um uh bears are bulletproof mentality of a lot like in skyrim if you're like swinging a knife takes two swings and like you take a bunch of swings and put it down and it's almost like it's you know bulletproof and there's this fear that bears like oh my god you can't kill it with a bullet like if you shoot it in the head it will go down the problem is it's so large that it has so and you're just shooting this little bitty bullet it's going to take a while for the brain to register that it's dying and until then you're done so that's why in the game shooting in the head is pretty much your only option and if you're too if you're too slow again 35 miles an hour running Game over. You lose. Done deal. You better have your horse ready. 
You better have your horse ready. You better be loaded. You better not have brought the cheap stuff. You better have gone in there knowing you're going to have to fight a bear. I mean, the one shot to the face is reasonable because that is how you would take out a bear in real life. I mean, it is sad that you're killing a bear that's going extinct and you're making them extinct. But I do think that's a nice detail to add to the game that you're shooting an animal that would have been plentiful at the time. I mean, they also have you hunting spoonbills in the second game, which is pretty cool. Now, as far as non, uh, every bear after this point is magical or special in some way. And on the note of magical, uh, Don, you're up. We're talking about Rune Bear. This thing scares the crap out of me. Yeah, so um, any Elden Ring player, as soon as Lucas said that, probably like panicked for a split second um, because these things are ridiculous. So there's the Rune Bear. Um, in Elden Ring, and are you guys familiar with those? I guess Lucas, you've looked into them a little bit. I am. I l- learned me about a rune bear. Yeah. So there's Elden Ring has like also like semi-normal sized bears that just kind of are bears. Um, but there's also the rune bear, which is one massive, as like you can probably tell from the pictures. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very big. Um, and they're they're very strong. Um, there's they're they're a, a field boss. They're you fight them occasionally. There's one spot where you fall through the floor and like you wake one up that's sleeping. Um, and they fight very aggressively, um, and like they're just very frustrating to fight. Honestly, like especially in melee combat, they're just a very aggressive, fast-moving energy. Like they're deceptively fast for their size, much like an actual bear. So there's also um, a couple rune bears in Elden Ring that, for some reason, like they and they have the um, a rune a rune like logo on their chest. Um, but I don't think we actually know exactly why they do. But that's clearly um a reference to like the the some of the lore within the game. So I would imagine that uh maybe they're a little enhanced um from from the magics of like the greater will. Um but like I, there's a, there's a couple rune bears in the game that are just one uh, I don't about their damage and stuff, but they're also incredibly like hard to kill. Even for like like so like there's a um, one of the bears in the game, I believe it's in the consecrated snowfield which is a semi late game area and it has 17,000 HP. What's what is what's your average HP? Sorry, no, I have not played Elden Ring. Uh, so I'm making a reference. So like, and this is effectively just a random bear, basically, right? It's not like even a named boss. It's not called like you know Slagathor, the ultimate rune bear, or anything. It's just a rune bear, right? It's not a named boss. There's another boss towards one of the final bosses in the game that you fight, and this boss is very like lore wise. He's very important. He he guards the um. Basically, no one's able to permanently die because the rune of death has been locked away and stolen. And this guy guards the rune of death. Uh, Malachite the Black Blade. He's like one of the final bosses. He has 10,000 HP. So bear bigger than than Death God. Yes, by like by like by almost double. I'm like the final boss of the game, the ultimate final boss, the manifestation of like the cosmic greater will, like the cosmic outer gods. Um, that are I mean, there's several of them, but like the ones that are currently like the the main force of uh the lands between and the has 22,000 HP. So this random bear is approaching the HP stat and just strength level of a projection of like an outer god's force. So just very, very special bear. <laughs> yeah, and but all the rune bears are very strong. And they're, oh, and they're faster than um Torrent, your little horse goat that you ride around. The bears like, well, can, can like pretty much catch you if you ride past them and you're not like at your... We're just really watching your evasion. I'm sure our ancestors probably felt how we're describing this bear is how our ancestors felt when they were meeting what I believe was the inspiration for this bear, which is the short-faced bear. Oh, yeah. 
the short faced cave bear of North America is horrifying. Also, for some hilarity, just look up Rune Bear and then Reddit and just find threads on threads on threads of people just furious that these things exist. What's the what's the deal with this cave bear though? It went extinct about twenty four thousand years ago. It was the beefier cousin of the brown bear, whereas a brown bear stands around six feet tall it's on like two beefier legs. Beefier, and then like the rock is the beefier cousin of Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> the cave bear, on average, could have stood over ten feet tall. You are going right into its chest if you're standing face to face with this thing, and if it stands up, it's not good yeah if if it's standing up you are going down you go down you could probably have to crawl under its legs to survive and they had longer legs so we um they hypothesized that it was much faster i want you to imagine that you are looking down at like a 10 year old child (laughs) at your height yeah that is what the bear is seeing yeah like it's basically a the average like five ten to six foot person looking down at a 10-year-old child. It's a weird creature. Why do you think they put it in a video game? It's horrifying. It looks like its arms just seems like it's got like it's it's like a, a someone whose wingspan is too long for their body. Like it just looks like it's too l- lanky. They're hugging arms, Chris. Go on in for the hug. But and 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 they're but they are vulnerable to sleep uh magic spells and like things like that and like sleep uh arrows and things. Um, so you can like get them back in hibernation mode. I'm sure that helped our ancestors. So the reason we don't have to fear this bear on a daily occasion, there were multiple papers that came out, and I had to. It took a while to try and pierce down what most scientists are thinking. But um, the current top hypothesis are something along the lines of people didn't so much hunt them on account that humans weren't that stupid, but instead happened was they were outcompeted by humans and they had to share the space with other bears given their larger size that would mean a higher calorie requirement and thus according to one paper published in 2016 um gloria g fortes wrote this study that pointed out that the bears having to compete with all these different other predators including others of their own kind that would have driven them to extinction a grizzly bear is the economy-sized bear for the modern for the modern age. The world couldn't handle something this big anymore. Like that is haunting to me. That humanity probably drove the mammoths out, but we looked at the cave bear and like, no, no, we're not doing that. I don't wanna. Now, if we're going to talk about bears, we do have to mention Pokemon at least once. They got some good bears, and we have. It's actually been a great last. The last two generations have been incredible for bears. Yeah, bears have been doing great, been eating good, and the best. Some of the best translations in Pokemon from the real world equivalent to the Pokemon world has to be the Teddy Ursa line. Teddy Ursa line, Teddy Ursa Ring and Ursa Luna, perfect description of bears in em- almost every way. Just fantastic. Job well done. It's a great gen, two, great is... gen two Pokemon that got a great glow up. Oh yeah, no, that ago. that Luna, that um, Ursa Luna bulk up. That was pretty great. But what I love about this Pokemon is it one, it is based on a history brown bear, which is found in Japan. We found in well, I guess back in that in the ancient time, in older times, you would have found them 
in the um the Kansai region of Johto. So that does, that makes some sense. But this is um the species currently is the reason why some people in northern Japan are allowed to have guns. In Japan, firearms are super restricted, but the fact that this bear is, you know, still walking around and doing its thing in the real world, it, it they they're allowed to carry them because they I have remember to right, Japan them. actually had um I think it came out to in twenty twenty three over two hundred bear attacks or bear incidents that were like of that level. It was their worst uh, their worst bear year on record actually to the point where I was reading I guess they're um offering hunters an additional incentive like maybe there's a translation thing because it came out to like i want to say they said it was like 50 yen which is not very much money and that seems like that's not the maybe it was even if like 500 yen is still not a lot of money i feel like to i'm not i'm not sure who who that was their make or break point for taking on a bear let me ask you this question. Would you go would you go across the world to go hunt an animal for five whole dollars? If that's five hundred yen. So probably something in the translation. It would probably be closer to five hundred dollars. Even that, that's a no. Not exactly. That's a no. Yeah, again, you can give no, I'm me, not asking you, for opinion. You could here. not pay me five hundred to go to Florida to hunt pythons in the python season. Oh they, no, python jerky is delicious though. They deserve it. The Earth's Ring line, that whole group feeds primarily on honeys and berries. Uh, real bears will go after meat as well to bulk up. I found this to be the funniest thing I've looked up. It does have, the, the brown bear has one predator, the Siberian tiger. That's, that's, imagine being on that list of like, oh yeah, no, it has, it's tech, you're technically not an apex predator. Well, who would go after me? That guy. And it's just like, and it, that's even like still a, a niche case. And that's only like, cause there's also been predation incidents of bears on tigers. Kind of cool to be part of that club. I mean, they, they're not going to tell you that, oh yeah, this Pokemon eats meat because they kind of, I don't know, some Pokemon kill other Pokemon, but they just wanted to let the brown bear not, I guess. And, Ursa Luna hasn't been around long enough to add any other special lore, but since Ursarang has been around since the beginning, there's tons of Pokedex entries about how it loves to eat honey, how it bothers comb bees, how it mainly eats berry. They really focused highly on its more... I don't think... I wouldn't count honey as a vegetarian diet, but I do think they focused a lot more on the fact that this animal primarily is feeding on non-live prey, which I think is a really cool addition because we the dark secret of bears though is that when they eat the honey they're eating the bee larva. Yeah. So it's so so Ursa Ring might be eating that honey but it's eating them baby comb bees too. Just imagine like an entire like you're eating the honey from a comb bee and just a pokemon egg is in mixed in with I it. Mean, honestly, just as, like... as a wild animal just the calorie density of honey plus larva must just be so excellent. Like if you think about that like you're you know Bears are out there, like all the year, they're they're eating what they can eat, and they just find it's just piles of sugar and also just high quality protein. Yeah, yeah. Imagine scraping through like mushrooms and like rotting berries, and then you come across li liquid gold, and by eating it, you feel like you could tackle a god, or you know, Big Mama over there by the watering hole for mating season. One of the two. I do want to give a shout out to the Blood Moon Ursaluna. Like, the Lunar Eclipse version of it. That thing is terrifying. Like, even by Pokemon standards, it's like, who let you guys get away with this? This thing is horrifying. Probably one of the scariest Pokemon. Yeah, just by looks. Um, It is a reference, I believe, to, one, the bear attacks that occur in Japan. But, two, Onikuma, which is, um, it's a 
literally translates to demon bear, like word for word. Um, so in Japanese mythology, the yokai of the Onikuma, unlike other yokai, super easy to understand. It's a bear that lived a super long time and basically turned into a demon. And it gets super big and super dangerous and it will kill you. And that's it. Super easy to the point. That sounds pretty much like what uh, I would expect Blood Moon Ursulina to do. Just get big and kill you. I mean, wouldn't you if you like, whew, I made it to the island. wonder if any of my family made it. And then you see the zombie bear. <laughs> Yeah, like, are you my family? What happened to them? Where, what, what do you mean the Sinnoh region exists? Like, having to explain to this bear that its family's gone is kind of a bummer. But I do love that it gets pretty terrifying attacks that can punch Flutterman in the face. Mm, yes. Doesn't do that much damage, but it punches it. Anywho, the final bear. The bear amongst bear. The original Kung Fu bear. Okay, we've already done an episode on Banjo-Kazooie. We already got him. To me, there's only one true bear that is the barest of them all, and that is Kuma from Tekken. Sorry, Kuma's one and Kuma two from Tekken. There are technically two Kumas. God bless that bear. Greatest bear in gaming, hands down. I. But can he hit through protect? I mean, he can grab you while you're guarding and then throw you to the ground. Does he always critical hit, though? I mean, it's a bear, so I would assume yes. Yeah, probably. It's a bear, so every hit's a critical hit in a fighting game. But I I have a soft spot for Tekken. I was never that good at fighting games, but I love Tekken so much. And Kuma is such a fun character, especially when you know the lore. Heihashi Mishima, the old man with the crazy hair, first off, he's twisted, evil, and warped. Second... He found a brown bear in the woods, a little baby one, realized it was smarter than the average bear, and instead of taking it to a park to, like, be a little nuisance and a rascal to the ranger, he trained it to fight as his bodyguard and set it loose in the first and second King of the Iron Fist tournament. That is hysterical. I love this bear. Like, imagine finding any animal in the woods and goes, you know what? You're a pretty good fighter. I'm going to put you up against Paul Phoenix over there. We're going to see how well you can do against him. Incidentally, Paul Phoenix beat up Kuma, which is kind of a bummer. Anywho, in the lore, the original Kuma died. Like, after the events of Tekken 2, he technically got old and passed away and passed it on to his son, Kuma 2. Kuma 2 does exactly what the old one did, except he's more fun and less of a jackass. He's more likely to be, like, friendlier. He doesn't like beating up children like his dad did. Like, he, he very much is, like, a little bit more chill. He also has a crush on Panda, which is very sweet. But she did not, you know, care for him one bit. Kind of a bummer. But I love this bear because if you watch the fighting gameplay, like, this bear is moving as a bear should move for the most part. I don't think butt slams are in... Uh, a bear's typical arsenal, are they? I, I'm not as familiar with that tactic. Probably not the first move, but I think they, like, you're probably get If you get attacked by a bear, you will probably get slammed by its butt at some point. Well, I mean, like, a lot of the attacks, are, a lot of the punches and swings are just swipes at different levels. Is it bipedal? He, Yeah. He's standing up on two legs and beating the snot out of you. If he wants to, he can turn around and, like, goat kick you for the two little stubby back legs, which is terrifying. But it's not the first time people have trained bears to do really weird stuff. 
You all have you all heard of Wartek, the brown bear the Polish soldiers found in World War II? Inform me. These Polish soldiers during World War II ran into this kid who was just selling this little bear for food. They traded a bunch of their junk for it, and they get this little bear cub, and they're just and they just started raising him with the rest of the squad. And this bear starts like first off, it's got a love for eating lit cigarettes. It's got it loves taking showers, and it learned how to turn the showers on so it could, like, it wasted a lot of the water for the men. Like, every, like, major officer, like, fell in love with this animal. This bear basically fought and was technically considered a soldier in the Polish army. It was given actual papers to dedicate itself as a rank in the army. And it was seen during battles carrying ammo crates. To the soldiers who needed it. And like ending the empty ones back. So they were able to train it. To not only like follow their commands. And just to hang out with them. And not kill them. They were also able to train it to be actively useful. In the military situation. Like think about the the gunfire. Think about the flashes of light. Think about all these things. That can be completely overstimulating to a human being. Let alone another animal. And these people were able to train it. To ignore all that. And do its job. And helping out with the crew. Also, apparently, it stopped at least one spy who was hiding out in the shower and almost killed him. So, good for him. Good bear. What a good Very bear. good bear. What a good bear. And now he can enjoy and his retirement. best part is, he, he didn't die a tragic death. He, he did pass away, like, some 20 years later in a zoo in London. And, um, sadly, he did pass away from um, lung cancer. Turns out, chewing all those... I was saying, <laughs> didn't he love to eat cigarettes? <laughs> he loved to eat... Uh, he loved to eat lit cigarettes. He would spit them out if they were not lit. He needed them lit. What a what a bear. What a rebel. Honestly, what a guy. He's, he's so cool. <laughs> he's such a cool bear. I mean, he recognized his platoon mate. Don't smoke. The it's thing. bad, but unless if you're a bear that's in the army, then you can smoke. No, <laughs> I can't condone that either. Um, it was it was kind of sad because like the after the war when they moved him to the this zoo in London, like he the old regiment would come and visit him he would recognize them and start signaling that he wanted cigarettes because the zoo wasn't giving him any brother they're depriving me right brother help me brother get they, they deny me my sustenance i'm wasting away here um this should be while we're wrapping up this episode um our big warning don't go near the bears no like i hope this whole episode has taught you at least one thing don't go near them they're not your friends like, even the ones that – it's very rare to find a bear that won't, like, actively either run away from you or cause you pain. There is there is a very good Werner Herzog movie about the man who thought the bears were his friends, and they were not. Um, one of my favorite bits of enrichment they do at a local zoo is um, they build a campsite for one of their bears, and they just let it go and destroy it. You can understand the damage they could do. Bears get rage rooms, too. On that note – I do want to thank you guys for sitting down here and letting me talk about bears this whole time. Yeah, appreciate it. Love bears. Well, folks, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll go ahead and we'll see you guys. We're, we can't wait to have an awesome year. We've got conventions planned. We've got stuff planned for the anniversary. We cannot thank you enough for being part of this journey. Have a great time, whatever you're doing. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.